Welcome to the Elevated Performance Podcast. We are current physical therapy students dedicated to helping our listeners elevate themselves through school, business, and fitness. Let's level up. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Elevated Performance Podcast. On this episode, we're going to discuss gym myths, um, and more generally, we're just going to talk about misconceptions about movement and exercise. So uh, first thing off, um, I'll go ahead and start it. Um, one thing that I want to talk about, and I think that, um, you know, when we're younger, you're in PE class, you know, you're, you're in your little league sports and you're, uh, you know, your YMCA basketball league and all that. Uh, there, uh, there's a big, you know, um, let's go ahead and get our stretches in. And I think, um, the problem with that is, uh, they teach us static stretch. You guys all remember, you know, our basic, like, uh, arm over the shoulder, you know, touch your toes, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think that, uh, the research behind a static stretch, um, really shows much benefits to it. Um, now if you, you know, you're still doing a static stretch and you know, that works for you, I, I, I wouldn't say change it, but, uh, there's, there's more research that um, shows that a dynamic stretch. Now, a dynamic stretch is a stretching with movement. So you're actually moving your body um, while you're uh, incorporating that stretch. And I think there's a lot more benefits to that uh, than, you know, just standing in one place and, and touching your toes and, and, and grabbing your ankle and, and stretching your quadriceps or something like that. So um, I think um, a dynamic stretch is more ideal and a more functional uh to the actual goal. So that's uh, one of the first ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, Ryan, I mean, you're completely right. Um, you can get a lot of the same benefits from a dynamic stretch versus a static stretch. Like sure, you're increasing range of motion, but at the same time, you're just wasting time, just chilling there. Whereas the dynamic stretch, you're also warming up your body while also increasing range of motion. So I completely, completely agree with you, Ryan, about all of that. So another uh, kind of misconception we hear a lot is uh, you shouldn't squat past your toes. So a lot of people say that, you know, your knees shouldn't go past your toes when you squat, either when you're picking up things from the ground or if you're squatting heavy at the gym. Um, a lot of research has shown that that's completely false. You can actually squat really as far as you can, as long as you have the strength, the appropriate mobility and the appropriate control really any movements okay any exercise is okay as long as you have those things then you're solid to do it right and if you squat kind of more past your toes or your knees past your toes that's going to work actually your quads more than it would be squatting with more of a your hips dropping down so there's a there's different variation of squats there's also a squat variation called, variation called a sissy squat which again is very quad dominant but if you saw someone doing it in a gym, you might go, oh, what the heck is that person doing? So yeah, there's a lot of things that people talk about squatting that isn't necessarily true. I think you bring up a pretty interesting point, uh, Tony, because I was reading this article uh, and it was talking about why you should squat um, past your toes and squat in different positions too. Because when you play a sport, right, you're not going to just be in that one position. You're not going to be, you know, turn on toes a little bit externally rotated. You're not going to squat down to nine degrees. You're going to be all over the place in the game time situation. You might experience some like genuine varus valgus, recovatum, uh, and your knees will be all over the place. So why not strengthen in those positions already? 
Yeah, exactly. You got to strengthen yourself in all the positions your body's going to be in, especially if you're playing sports. Um, for people who don't know, uh, genuine valgum rerum is basically your knee going in and out. Recuvalgum is your knee hyperextending. Um, so those are things that can happen and you want to be able to control those movements. And how do you get that control? You got to work out. You got to challenge your body. You got to put the load on there um, yeah. and practice it. And that makes total sense because like, if you're going to shoot a jump shot, you want to practice a jump shot, right? So if you're going to be in those dynamic positions, you want to strengthen those, those muscles and those tendons in those positions makes total sense. Exactly. And another thing, uh, you guys made some great points there. Uh, another like big, I like fault with that idea is just that all our bodies are, you know, the exact same coming out. And if, if we've learned anything in anatomy and everything, we all have different, you know, uh, structural layouts, we have different, uh, you know, articulations, um, and to set one form for the general public is just, you know, not realistic. Uh, we all have, you know, like I said, different, you know, different makeups and, and all that stuff. So that, that comes into play and it's all about being, uh, you know, comfortable in your squat basically. So like, you know, personally, I can't do a deep squat without, um, 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 like abducting, uh, you know, my femur out towards like a more goblet squat. I just can't get that low. That's just my, uh, you know, genetic makeup and, and my anatomy. So to just generalize it, I think is a, a big misconception and it's a, a major flaw in that kind of, um, uh, thinking basically. Yes, sir. All right. Let's, uh, let's go on to another common misconception, um, uh, and talk about protein shakes. So everybody, um, drinks protein shakes. Mm -mm, actually that's a lie. Not everybody drinks protein shakes, but a lot of people drink protein shakes after a workout. So what is the ideal time to drink a protein shake after a workout? Uh, well, actually research um, has been hinting towards a direction in that you sh should drink a protein shake after a workout just to replace those nutrients, those amino acids, but it doesn't necessarily have to be immediately after the workout, um, just a reasonable time. I know it's very broad, but just get those nutrients in before, you know, four or five, some crazy amount of hours and you should be good. Yeah, Chris, I would say the same day, like you work out in the morning, if you get in a protein shake at night before you go to bed, that's fine. I think a lot of people over fixate over like protein. I just, I just finished my workout and they're in the locker room taking their protein shake and they freak out if they don't get it when they're supposed to they think they're going to be losing gains a lot of the research has started to show that that doesn't matter as much as we used to think it what did um and so yeah get the protein shake uh, in that same day and frankly a lot of people don't even use protein shakes they just you know eat healthy eat a high protein diet um you know take their appropriate vitamins things like that and they're ripped you know, they're, uh, they're getting the gains they, they um, go for, and they're not taking a protein shake. They're just eating regular on a regular basis, but with high protein and the appropriate um, nutrients and such. So don't kill yourself if you worked out and you didn't have time to get a protein shake. Um, don't think that you just worked out for nothing. That's not how your body typically works. Um, and it's not something that really fixate on. Dude, so I used to not drink protein. I just started drinking protein again after 
like maybe eight years I'm not using protein and I literally see no difference. <laughs> so I'm probably going to save my, save my money and stop buying protein shakes. Yeah. I mean, I usually do, especially if I'm lifting heavy, just to make sure I get enough protein. Um, but at the same time, like if I don't take it, I'll just yeah. make sure I eat a steak or something. Yeah. And, yeah. Bro. Like you said, um, I was just eating a high protein diet. I wasn't taking protein shakes though. So I literally saw no difference. Yeah. That, I was just going to touch on that. Like, uh, you know, people we were like, we want to go to GNC, get all these supplements and everything, but you know, if you're getting adequate protein, you know, um, uh, intake from your diet, you don't need to uh, supplement with a protein shake. You know, if you're getting it through your diet, there's no need for that really. So. Yeah. And like, so like adequate protein for someone who work, works out is about like one and a half to 1.7 grams for every kilogram of weight that you weigh. I'm not going to do the conversion to, uh, to pounds because I can in my head, but essentially it's yeah about 1.5 to 1.7 grams for every kilogram that you weigh. As long as you know that and you eat appropriately, you can get them out of protein and everything else that you need. For anybody who wants to do quick mass, the conversion from pounds to kilograms is 2.2. Um, so you just take pounds to divide by 2.2 and then multiply by whatever number Tony said, 1.5. Dude, I haven't taken a math class since like high school, I swear. Yeah, it's cool, bro. I'm all about math. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. Uh, let's move on to another common misconception. Um, uh, and that's that you shouldn't work out every day. Ryan, should you work out every day? Um, so what I'm going to say here is. First off, listen to your body. You know when you're sore and you've had a tough workout. You know, you know when you're uh, you're just exhausted and you can't work out or whatever. But I don't think there is a a hard stopping point where you know it's like oh I've I've you know I've worked out six days I shouldn't go do this the seventh or I've already hit my four um, you know I shouldn't finish the week. I think. Um, there's a, 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 an idea of, of active rest. So, you know, even going out and getting like a, a, a run in or a walk or, you know, something light, something light, keep your body moving is really not going to hurt you. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to, you know, injure you or anything like that. So um, this idea that, you know, like uh, you should take a rest day and all that, like, like I said, listening to your body is the, the most important thing, but there's a, um, a lot of benefit to just like, like an active rest day, you know, you don't have to go a hundred percent, but, you know, go in, get a swim in, you know, take, take, take a few laps in the, in the pool. It's very therapeutic. Uh, it's very, uh, light load on your body. Um, so that's another way to just get a, a good active rest day in. So I, I think, uh, first you should listen to your body and second, um, you know, do, do as you feel. So I do not uh, agree that uh, you shouldn't work out every day. I feel like um, it, it, it's different person to person. So go play some basketball, go do something on those like active rest days or active recovery days. Right. Um, just cause you're not working out. Doesn't mean you should just sit at home watching TV and don't move for eight hours. Right. Um, so I think that's a lot of people think when it's like, okay, this is a rest day. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, chill, watch TV or work or whatever. But you wanna make sure you're, you keep moving, you do something, go for a walk, go for a light jog, um, do some yoga. I just got into yoga recently. So I've been trying to do the yoga on my, rest, on my active recovery days. Um, and that's been helping a lot. So yeah, do something. Yeah, and those, 
those active recovery days can also just be like light workout days. So I know some days I will work out super hard, go really ham, right? And the next day I'm just super sore. But even if I can't go at that same intensity that I did the, the day before, I'm still in the gym doing some light stretching, shooting around, just trying to promote some blood flow into those muscles to help with the healing process and uh, healing of those micro tears uh, in those muscles. Absolutely, man. All right. And uh, if you are a girl and you work out focusing on strength training, you'll become too muscular, unattractive, and look like a man. Tony, you want to go ahead and uh, give us your point of view on this? So, yeah, that is that is completely false. Um, so genetics plays a huge role in how your body looks when you put on muscle. And for the majority of women, it's going to make you look more attractive. It's going to make you look more shapely. Um, you're going to have, it's going to have this like toning effect, right? Um, and you're going to look good. A lot of, especially, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times when I go to the gym, I'll see a lot of uh, ladies, you know, it's cardio, it's abs. And then now, nowadays, a lot of booty workouts, right? Um, and that's kind of it. Working out with strength train training, uh, working out with strength training is extremely beneficial. It's going to boost your metabolism, which means you burn more fat. It's going to increase your muscle mass and it's going to make you look more shapely and more attractive. What do you guys think? No, absolutely, man. And I actually got uh, like a, a personal story. So when my fiance wanted to, you know, uh, get in shape and, and start working out, um, she was like, yeah, go ahead and train me, you know, do whatever. And so, I, you know, I, I had her doing the same exercise routine that I was doing, obviously not the same weight. Um, and she was like, no, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put on all this muscle mass and, you know, I don't want to get all bulky. And I was like, okay, well, first off, that's not going to happen for one for two. Um, you know, this is all beneficial, like building that, that base and that muscle. And, um, it, you know, like Tony said, it, it helps with metabolism. It helps you, uh, uh, burn fat. Um, so really getting outside of that, you know, strictly cardio and abs and, and, and then I'm out, um, I think incorporating that, uh, you know, strength training into your workout routine uh, is very beneficial and actually can help with, you know, like, like Tony said that, you know, losing the fat, which people attribute strictly to cardio. Um, you can do, do as much and as good with, a, a, you know, a good resistance training program. So that's a little personal story there. Yeah, Ryan. Um, so Sammy just lifting more than you when you said she wasn't doing the same weight or are you? Or what? Uh, no comment, bro. No comment. <laughs> yeah, um, also, shout out to the fiance. Shout out, bro. You shout out the fiance. That's kind of nice, bro. She gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you, you mentioned uh, cardio, Ryan. Um, and a big thing about cardio, sure, it helps burn calories, and you burn more calories in a cardio session than you would in a resistance training session. But guess what? you already built up bigger muscle, muscle bulk, which helps increase your metabolism. And so you stop resistance training for a week, you're still burning more calories than you would if you stopped cardio for a week. 100%, man. So yeah. ladies, if uh, yeah. you take anything away from this, just, uh, yeah, get that resistance training in. Yeah, and in a more, you know, PT anatomical viewpoint, you should be working out all of your muscles. You should be lengthening, stretching out all your muscles because um, the failure to do so could create some muscle imbalances, um, upper cross, lower cross syndrome. We see that um, in our uh, 
uppers. We have weak neck, tight uh, traps, levators, uh, tight chest, weak mid back. That's going to contribute to a forward head rounded shoulder posture, which is bad. Um, essentially, that's okay. You guys can't see it, but you're going like this. Um, yeah, so you should be working out your entire body. You don't want one side to be stronger than the other side. It's just going to create so many imbalances in your body. Um, and it's not good, going to create a lot of problems. And then you'll probably have to come see us for PT um, to fix it. So let's stay away. Yeah, from actually, then again, maybe just never work out. Just come in the PT when you get injured and we got you. Um, but Chris is really just talking about balance. He talked about upper cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome. Um, similar newer research I've seen, those syndromes tend to be kind of overplayed within PT a lot. Um, and so I don't like using those labels, but yeah, you're gonna have those imbalances a lot with a lot of people um, when they don't work out their entire body and they just work out certain parts of it and that's it. Yeah. Essentially the gist of it is let's just balance out our body. Don't isolate for just one thing. Yep. So we got one more misconception and that sweating means you're out of shape. Chris, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I sweat a lot and I don't think I'm out of shape. Just kidding. Um, no, if you sweat a lot you sweat profusely and you sweat very early in your workout, it doesn't generally mean that you're out of shape. Actually, it, it means the latter that you're actually in shape. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting because when, when you don't sweat that much, that means you're out of shape, very, very weird stuff, but you know, that's just how our body works apparently. And you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, sweating is your body just trying to cool itself down. Right. Um, so if you don't sweat, but you still need to cool down, you're not being as efficient, you're not maintaining homeostasis. Um, and so your workouts may not be as efficient. Whereas if you need to sweat and you sweat, then your body is going to be in more of a homeostatic um, state. And plus I sweat a lot. Like I'm like, I'm a quick, like start of the workout sweat, especially if it's leg day, I'm just sweating the whole time. It's crazy. Yeah. We press record on the podcast and Tony started sweating, man. It was crazy. Oof, yeah, dude. You're putting in that work, bro. You sweating. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much all the ones we kind of thought about. Obviously there's a lot more other misconceptions out there. Um, but those are the ones that we thought about um, right now. This might be a part one. We might do a part two and part three or part four or whatever in the future. But yeah, that's where, where we wanted to start off with you guys. Yeah, for, for sure. If you guys think of any more um, big ones that you we miss, like Tony said, we'll probably make a part two. So go ahead and send us like a DM on Instagram, RTC period performance. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll get to it and be looking forward to the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Elevated Performance Podcast. If you had a good time, please subscribe, like, share, and review on your podcast listening platform of choice. We can't wait to show you what we have going on next week. But until then, make sure to elevate your game.